Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Friday, December 17th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Miranda Walker-Jones has spent almost two decades working in public service in St. Louis and is now taking on a new role. She's the new CEO of the Little Bit Foundation. The big picture for me is being able to bridge the gap between the haves and the have-nots. You know, districts that do really great work and that perform at a really high level with districts that may be struggling. Walker-Jones speaks with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke about the organization in just a few minutes. The number of new coronavirus cases in the region has increased almost 40 percent in the past two weeks. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fentum reports the total number of cases is at its highest point in almost a year. The St. Louis region is seeing close to 1,300 new cases a day. The area's four largest hospital systems are admitting almost 70 new COVID-19 patients daily. St. Louis Health Director Dr. Marislaw Schwayo-Davis says cases could continue to rise in coming months. Slashwayo Davis says one case of the new Omicron variant has been detected in a St. Louis resident by a lab outside the city. But she says current testing shows the Delta strain comprises 100 percent of all cases in St. Louis. This pattern is particularly troubling when you consider that the newly highly transmissible Omicron variant is not yet causing community transmission in our region. The health department plans to increase testing and first-time vaccinations this winter and educate people about why vaccines are effective. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker is not planning to bring back restrictions on gatherings and businesses despite increasing cases of COVID-19. He is closely monitoring the spike and the increase in hospitalizations as the state deals with what appears to be another wave of the pandemic. 90% of the people who are in the hospital with uh, COVID are unvaccinated, and uh, they're people who mostly haven't been wearing masks. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say around 65% of Illinois residents are fully vaccinated. One-third have had booster shots. Multiple school boards in the region are meeting this week to consider changes to their COVID-19 policies. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grunke reports, some are moving toward lifting mask mandates. Some St. Louis area school districts are considering making masks optional starting next month. Districts say this is because more children are vaccine eligible, St. Louis County lifted its mask mandate, and a recent court ruling out of Cole County. On Wednesday, the Parkway School Board voted to consider making masks optional next month. But that still depends on how COVID conditions change, according to Jeff Todd, the president of the board. I think that's what this pandemic response plan does is it gives us the tools to be better prepared and uh, be able to act and react as we need to with the unknown. Most of the districts considering lifting mask mandates say if COVID-19 cases rise above a certain threshold, they'd reinstate those mandates. I'm Kate Grimke, St. Louis Public Radio. The new year will bring higher electric bills in Illinois. The state's Commerce Commission has approved a rate hike for Ameren. It will take effect January 1st and add several dollars to most monthly bills. Citizens Utility Board spokesman Jim Chilson says the increase comes as other costs are also going up. Any increase on bills is not good news for consumers. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're paying skyrocketing natural gas prices. And now Ameren customers are getting hit with an electric rate hike. 
Chilson says the increase applies to Ameren's monthly delivery charge. That means customers who buy electricity from another supplier will still pay the extra cost. Two vigils are planned for today to honor the victims of last week's tornado that hit an Amazon warehouse in the Metro East. City officials are holding a remembrance in Governor's Plaza, that's on South Main Street in Edwardsville. A candlelight vigil will be held a few hours later at the Gateway Commerce Center. The Amazon warehouse is in that industrial park. Six people died when the storm hit the building a week ago today. Miranda Walker-Jones is president of the Jennings School District's Board of Directors and has spent almost two decades working in public service in St. Louis. She's held leadership roles at Better Family Life in Congresswoman Cori Bush's St. Louis Congressional Office and served on the Jennings City Council. Now she's starting a new role, CEO of the Little Bit Foundation. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke spoke with Walker-Jones, who says the organization has a great purpose and mission. This organization really works to break down barriers to learning and filling the gaps for under-resourced students in the St. Louis area. So we do this by embedding ourselves in schools, coordinating programs, partnerships to really address basic needs and empower students with new learning opportunities. So, you know, really, we really work to serve the whole child. And as the president of the Jennings School District's Board of Directors, you have a hand in more official school district decision making. So what role do outside organizations like Little Bit fill that school districts can't? School districts right now, and I'm going to speak specifically to school districts that are in the demographics that we serve. So when you're looking at North County school districts, um, districts that are 90-90-90 districts, which serve 90% free and reduced lunch, the focus on academics is huge. We are all, you know, in these districts really trying to get us to be high-performing, academically high-performing districts. And a lot of times are under-resourced in those areas. We spend a lot of time remediating, you know, bringing students that are not achieving up and then really trying to make sure that we're getting students that are high-achieving into those things where they're getting gifted programs and they're getting a chance to go on to post-secondary education. And while you're in the process of doing that, and right now, you know, everybody's short-staffed. Everybody is looking for resources. Having organizations like the Little Bit Foundation that can come in with, look, just a little bit of help and being able to provide those resources, be able to be a backup to those teachers, a backup to the school districts, providing, you know, programs, mentoring programs, helping with some STEM just helping to take care of the basic needs. I think it's imperative that community partnerships like this um, work well with different school districts. And since you have such an up-close look at the needs of the St. Louis community, how have you seen the pandemic change the needs of students and their community? Obviously, during the pandemic, it really showed the digital divide, you know, the gaps between the haves and the have-nots, not only the digital, but the food insecurity, obviously the lack of having really good health care systems embedded within our communities are some of the things that came to light as a result. We have a whole lot of ground to make up. And the test results show it, so much so that the state is saying we're not even really looking at the test scores for last year because, you know, we know that there was such, you know, such interruption in the children's learnings, which is more a reason why you'll need organizations like the Little Bit to help fill in the gap so that the students and administrators can really figure out how to bridge those two years of academic loss. And when you think about education in St. Louis, what's your long-term vision? And how do you think we should start to move in that direction? 
the big picture for me is being able to bridge the gap between the haves and the have-nots. You know, districts that do really great work and that perform at a really high level with districts that may be struggling. And those struggling districts, they work so hard. You have such dedicated, passionate teachers and administrators, but they may not have the same resources and the same opportunities and the same support that other districts may have. So my, I would love for us to help to convene and to bring districts bring organizations together so that we can share best practices, so that we can feel, figure out how to equalize the playing field, so that every child, no matter if you're in North County or if you're in Clayton or if you're in Ladue or if you're in the city of St. Louis, that we all have the opportunity to have, you know, A1 first-rate education, that you feel supported, that you have what you need, and that St. Louis can be a model, the St. Louis region can be a model for what a good educational system looks like across the board. That was Little Bit Foundation CEO Miranda Walker-Jones speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. We are a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Some housekeeping before wrapping up. I am out for a few days. A plethora of professionals will be behind this microphone next week. Also, this daily extravaganza will be on hiatus for the week between Christmas and New Year's. That's a bunch of words to essentially say this is the final time I'll be at the helm of this podcast in 2021. Thanks for downloading, streaming, and listening over the past 12 months, and here's to 2022. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.